Welcome to a special edition of the one-year anniversary of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I'm your host, the Ultimate One, coming to you live from New York City. Um, today, I have a special guest in my show today that we're going to be talking to, Dominic De Niro, the Bronx Wrestling Federation champion. Also, I'm um, going to have wrestling uh, news and rumors. But first, we're going to go through the interview that I had with Mr. Dominic De Niro. It's not a long interview. You know, we had some little technical difficulties where we made the best of it. It's a very, very brief, short um, interview, but I want you guys to listen to it and give me your feedback on this. Here it is, Mr. Bronze Wrestling Federation champion himself, Mr. Dominic De Niro. Welcome to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, and today I have a guest, the Bronze Wrestling Federation champion, Dominic De Niro. Welcome to my show, buddy. Hey, man, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime, bro. Um, quick, the uh, first time I saw you wrestle was back in February at the Bronx Wrestling Federation with TJ Marconi, and I was very impressed. You, you really remind me of uh, Ken Shamrock, your style of wrestling. You are, uh, your wow. gimmick is more like a shoot fighter type? Uh, like you wrestle, like because I see that you got the the elbow pad, the, the the gloves and everything. You're like a shoot fighter. Is that what you? Uh, that's your gimmick. I wouldn't say that's more uh, so much of a gimmick, uh, or just like a personal extension of who I am. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, my style, my style could definitely be uh, look there's somewhat of a shooting style, somewhat of a hybrid with striking, and uh, you know, I try to incorporate every a little bit of everything. Yeah, because I I seen uh, earlier earlier matches of you and you did not wrestle that way back then, and now I see you. It looks very it looks good on you. I will tell you that much. Um, but who was one who was one of your favorite wrestlers before you got into the business? Well, growing up, I was always I was always a Rey Mysterio fan, especially wow. during the filthy the filthy animals era. Oh wow! Yeah, WCW. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know that was some of, that was some of my favorite stuff. Rey Mysterio, the Giant Slayer. So. All this time later, for me to actually go up against TJ and actually defeat him, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a full circle for me. Yeah, I mean, you know? that that match, uh, the first match you had with him that I saw, um, that, that that match was hard-hitting and everything. But the second match, the second match, it looked like you took more punishment uh, with him. Um, but it looks like you guys worked well in the ring. Appreciate that. You know, the first, for the first match, you know, I went in there with a clear game plan, you know, and it's probably an unpopular opinion, you know, but I thought I was doing the right thing, having all my people out there. You know, we went in there with one goal, that was to dethrone him, and uh, we got the job done. Now, going into that second match, I knew he was going to be pissed. You know, he, uh, he had a bone to pick with me, and, you know, he threw my ass all over that ring. There's at one point, he freaking one darted me out of the ring. Yeah, I remember thank seeing God, that. Thank God I went head, head collision with uh, Eric Jaden because if not, I would have hit the guardrail and probably busted my whole mouth. Yeah, I, I was then I was I was at attendance in that match, and um, I, I think <laughs> I think you uh you did like a couple of suiciders on him outside, if I'm correct. And I had to move because oh, yeah. I was in the front. I was in the front when you guys did that like about three times, and I was like, it it, it, it it's crazy. But I, I like your style in the whole nine. Um, who was the uh, the wrestler who started training you? Like, oh, did you go to a certain school to wrestle? Yeah, I started off with Fight the World Wrestling. It was based out of Queens, uh, out of Ridgewood at the time. Okay. Uh, I was trained by a 
you know, a Jersey and New York veteran with the Grim Reefer. Okay, yeah, I heard of him, yeah. Yeah, his name really sounds, man. He's, he's definitely the real deal. Yeah, I, I have listened to you in, um, in other podcasts, including Turnbuckle Tabloid with Jay right. and them. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I was I, I was really really wanted to talk, you know have some conversation with you. But how long how long you been under the BWF banner? I would say about two years now. Oh, okay. You know, me 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 and Chris broke into the BWF rather early. No, so a couple of people seen us from other shows and they wanted to bring us in as contenders for the tag titles. And I guess we impressed, and they kept us around ever since. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was I was very impressed. With uh, which is which is style. Any any promotion that you would like to be in the future? because I know a lot of you guys are, are in it for the money. You want to make that money. But any promotion right now that you feel that with your style of wrestling you fit in. My style of wrestling, where I would fit in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's always good to have an array of different styles on any given show. So. I guess, you know, anywhere, man, you know, especially with what's going on right now with this whole pandemic thing, you know, once that's cleared up, I'd be, I'd be willing and able to work anywhere, you know, just, just to get my feet back on a canvas and do what I love to do. And it seems to me now that I know in the independent scene, a lot of you guys are like a close knit group. And I know you, you, I know Eric Jaden is one of the guys you hang, uh, you close with Chris Barton. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Rick Recon, that's his name? Uh, I'm, I'm, Rick, Rick Recon. Yeah. Rick um, Recon, yes. Is now that, because back in the days, I remember that, uh, well, I used to hear a lot of shoot that said that it was like a cutthroat in the back. Uh, it's, do you see that right now in the business right now in the independency or no? Or is it more of a well-knit group? Uh, I guess it goes from locker room to locker room. Okay. There's always, there's always going to be the, the, you know, there's some toxic people in wherever you go. Um, but for the most part, I feel like, especially the Bronx, we're, we're definitely a, a tight family. You know, there's not too much riffraff that goes on behind the scenes. Definitely no, no drama. Well, you that's... Know, everybody's just there to do their best and get better and learn from whoever's there at the time to teach us lessons and and just grow as a family. And, um... What I was going to ask you, oh my God. Um, oh my God, it just went blank. Uh, the, any any wrestler right now that is in the scene now in a bigger promotion or a smaller promotion that you enjoy? Well, actually, it's the smaller promotions right now in the indies. Who is one of the guys you love working with all the time? As an opponent? Actually, as an opponent. As an opponent? Yeah. Well, all are welcome to come to the Bronx and test me for my title. <laughs> uh, with that being said, yeah, I'd like to get into the ring with Anthony Gango. Oh wow! Yeah, that that'd be a good match, definitely. Yeah. Um, any anybody in the in the big promotions right now that you would love to work with, like in the WWE, AEW, MLW, Japan? I mean, any of them, dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can learn a thing or two from anybody that's you know on television right now. So okay. cool. I can't I can't think of a name off the top of the head. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um. So, um, have you ever wrestled in House of Glory before? I have never wrestled there, but our school was based out of House of Glory uh, two years ago in Ridgewood when I started training. So, I have trained with some of the students okay. that came out of there. What about, what about East Coast Pro Wrestling? Have you wrestled there before? ECPW? Yeah. 
Um, I haven't wrestled there per se. I've I've accompanied Jade into the ring once or twice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but like I said, I, I, I'm very impressed with the way you wrestle with with uh, Marconi. Um, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to see the third match between you guys. I mean, you guys are like. It's like your meant It's like it's like a Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat type of thing. It's like you guys match match very well in the ring, you know. So um, I think that's about it, bro. I, I don't have a lot because, like I said, um, I I seen you only a couple of times, and um, do you all uh, after after all this stuff going on, what you've been doing as far as um, like the coronavirus stuff? That you know, have you been training or? Or keeping yourself busy, what? Well, you know, at first I was just taking a nice, long, extended vacation. You know, my body needed it. My mind needed it. And, uh, you know, since the weather's been nice, I've been riding my bike. I'm trying to get, like, 15, 20 miles in a day. You know, I'm doing my calisthenics, whatever I can do. I, I, I think I heard you in the Turbuckle Tableau that you got hurt in a match not, not long ago. Something like that. Uh, my most recent injury was probably in December. I tore my, I tore my hamstring. Oh yeah, that's what I heard. And, yes. Yeah, and then I had to continue working through that. Which oh sucks. wow! So that means that when sucked. I, that means when I saw you wrestle Marconi, you still had the injury, or, or you just it was it was just healing up. It was, like wow. I had a match. I had a match in January where my leg gave out. Oh. And I had to I had to finish the match, and then um. You know, to a losing effort, but whatever, man. I still, you know, stuck to the guns. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, um, you know, I, when, when going into the Marconi match, you know, I felt good mentally, but in the back of my head, I always, you know, had that that fear that my leg would give out. And thankfully, it didn't. Listen, listen, and you know what's funny? It didn't show any. You didn't look like you was injured at all. You did. You, I mean, you did great. Both that's matches. Adre- that's, a, that's adrenaline, baby. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, because you, I'm telling you, you took some bumps in that match. And I was like, I think he power bombed you at one point. Um, I think it was the second match. I don't remember, but I, I know he power bombed you, and you took a beating. I mean, that's that's hard, man. I got to give you credit for that, man. That's that's a lot of heart. Um, so um, that's cool, though. I mean, at least you you enjoying the weather. You know what I'm saying? So um, so let my my people know where they can find you. Uh, your social media, Instagram, and whatnot. So. Uh, you can find me at Dominic Denaro across all platforms. I keep it simple. Okay. Oh, okay. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, fans only. You know, whatever the hell you. You know, you know, you know it's Yeah, it was funny because you got a you got a picture on your on your Instagram that it's you with the belt outside the ring with the hat backwards, and I was right. the one who, I was the one who took that picture. <laughs> oh, word. Yeah, I was the one who took the picture. I I started laughing because. Um, I think I went to your pitch. Uh, I think I was I was about to go to your Instagram and send you a message, and I saw the picture, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" He, he pulled up the picture. I, I I posted. I don't know where you got it. I don't know if I send it to you or not, but if you got that's the one you have on your on your on your page, which uh, I appreciate it though. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good picture. Thank yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like I like I, like I said, I I I, I gone to the Pro uh, Bronze Wrestling Federation. Five years ago, about five years ago, and I haven't gone for a long time. Then when I started going again, I saw you, my yo, dude, you impressed me, and I hope I wish you nothing but the best, and Appreciate hope you a, a long, long reign, um, to you know, 
for you know to continue to keep that belt. I'm looking forward to seeing you wrestle other guys in there, and um, you know, thank you for coming in the show. I mean, you know, so I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me. And like you said, you know, it was five years ago you were at the Bronx Wrestling Federation. We've been around for like ten years now, and uh, we're, we're going to stick around. You know, we're one of the last places in New York that could just consistently run every single month. Yeah, that's so good. So keep an eye out for the Bronx Wrestling Federation on all social media platforms for late, late, late the latest content and um, for updates on when our next show should be. I think we're aiming around August. Oh, now they so, moved it to August because I know I saw something so, in June. But I think they well, 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 we're playing it by ear. You know, you don't want to just jump into things, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Again, this is this is hearsay. So, but I know the last time I checked, we were aiming for an August show. Yeah. That could change. Yeah, but you know, but you got everyone's, everyone's health and safety comes. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a crop of wrestlers in there, a roster that, um, like I said, I went and I was very impressed. I mean, you got guys like Nico Rico's in there, your boy Chris Barton. Astro Morales, you know, TJ Marconi, of course, you know, he's he's a he's a guy to reckon with. But, you know, I'm really looking forward for your third match with Marconi because I know that's going to be that's going to be a a, 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 a rough, a rough tumble type match because you guys went at it twice. And I was like, wow, you know, I was very impressed. I don't know the way he's running his mouth about my tag team partner. I think he's going to have to go through Chris Barn if he wants another shot at my title. Uh, well, you know, and Chris. And I seen Chris. Chris is no joke. So um, you know that that's gonna he's gonna have to climb over that that big mountain because Chris is not a, a pushover either. So definitely not. Yeah. Now, thank you for joining my show, dude. Um, and you know, anytime you want to do another interview, you're welcome to, bro. Maybe you bring that, bring Thanks your partner Chris next time. All right, man. All right, enjoy I, the weekend. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. And there you have it, guys. Dominic De Niro. Um, the interview that I wanted to do for a while, but, you know, with this pandemic and all this going on, we weren't able to do it earlier, but at least I got him into my show. I want to thank him for coming through my show. Uh, Dominic De Niro, the Bronze Wrestling Federation champion. This guy is going places. and He's making noise in the independent scene, guys. Um, I know for a fact he mentioned it in the interview in August he will be in uh, the Bronx Wrestling Federation, and this federation right now is, you know, it's, it's one of the very quiet ones in the indie scene. But there's a lot of talent in there. Um, they have T.J. Marconi there. He got his tag team, uh, Dominic's tag team partner, Chris Barton. You have Hank Flanagan in there. He comes through from time to time. Um, you have a lot of guys in there that, um, especially T.J. Marconi, of course. You got a lot of guys there that have a lot of talent. Josh Slide. Another guy who I really, really love his style of wrestling. And, you know, you have a lot of guys in that federation that are going to make noise in the indie scene in the near future. But being that this uh, pandemic going on, a lot of these indie shows are closed. But they're talking about somewhere in August, they're going to have the next show. I'll definitely be there to check it out, give my feedback on it. But Dominic De Niro, um, like I said, the first time I met him, and like I was telling him on the show, I, I was very impressed with his style of wrestling, his whole um, persona in that ring. He knows his craft and his feud with TJ Marconi. I know it's going to continue, uh, but it looks like Marconi, he already said it um, in the last show they had back in March. If he has to get him back in the line and take out people, he will do it, but in order for him to get to Dominic De Niro, he's going to have to go through Chris Barton. And, of course, Chris Barton already has said 
You know, he's not scared. Uh, Mr. DJ Marconi talking a lot of crap. Uh, Barton is no slouch. Let me tell you, this is a big Chris Barton. If you guys haven't seen him, this guy's a big man. He could move in that ring. So it's not like you could take him lightly, you know. Uh, but that's something for me to look forward to as all these independent um, shows start opening little by little. BWF is a spot that uh, many people don't check them out like they're supposed to, but I will be following them the same way I was following House of Glory. I will try to follow as much as independency as much as I can. Uh, we'll be right back with wrestling news and rumors, but we're going to do it differently. Uh, we're going to have what I call the WWE notes of the week, my intake of Raw and SmackDown, and then matches. We're going to talk about AEW. Maybe a little bit of NXT. I haven't been following NXT like I want to because it's like slow down. I don't know why, but we'll be right back with more. Welcome back, guys. We're now going to hit to the WWE notes, the Raw and SmackDown shows that I, uh, you could say I went through it. Uh, it's like I scroll through it. I, sometime I found myself watching some matches in uh, this week when it came to the WWE product. Uh, the one thing I noticed on Monday was uh, they had audience in the PC, and and they had a plexiglass all around the ring, and pretty much. If you guys know how petty WWE could be sometimes, it was more a shot at AEW saying, look, okay, you guys had your wrestlers around the ring. Well, we got our NXT trainee because that's exactly what they called them, uh, which I find it very uh, insulting. Even though I didn't see any people in there that I'm familiar with, but just to call them trainee, basically saying they never wrestled before and they've been trained by WWE. Uh, they had them out there. During these recordings, because I don't think Raw was live this this week, this recording. So they had them out there, these uh, NXT uh, trainees standing out there 10 hours standing for Raw, NXT, and SmackDown tapings, which is, it could, oh my God, that could, that could have been a, a big time problem for, um, excuse my little ringing tone there, that was my phone, but um you know, 10 hours standing around just to, you know, be part of this. But, I mean, it, eh, you know, as far as the passing glass concerned, yeah, it may uh, prevent uh, from anybody from getting the CV. But here's the funny part that I also noticed during the week that Michael Cole decided to talk about the CV, which the last three months, they haven't mentioned anything that has been going on outside, you know, in the outside world, because it seemed like you're in, you're in WWE universe, not win our world, nothing, whatever happened outside of the, our universe is doesn't matter. And finally, this week, they actually, uh, actually talked about it, which I mean, I guess if you gotta, if you gotta do what the other promotion that you claim is not competition, it's not, it's doing, you have to do something similar. But anyway, the, the show started off with, um, uh, Oh, this was Raw. Owen, Owen, uh, Kevin Owens in the ring doing his Kevin Owens show. I don't, I don't, I don't even know he had a show. But it started off with Oscar, and then all of a sudden from Oscar, Charlotte shows up. I, my question is, why is Charlotte even in Raw? She's the NXT champion. Why is she in Raw? Why is she in SmackDown? She's all over the place. The blonde agenda still continues in WWE. I don't care what anybody says, but that's a blonde agenda going on. Uh, so I found that kind of like crazy because I'm like, why is she there? So they pretty much, they were um, promoting the uh, a three-way they were going to have 
Uh, actually, was it a three-way? Yeah, three-way with Natalie, uh, Natalia, me, um, Charlotte, and Nia Jax to get a shot at Oscar. Um, but th there was um, Nia Jax again. I think she's the only one to me legitimately to be the heel, to be the one after going Oscar because that would be a good match. As much as Nia Jax is very dangerous in the ring, she continues hurting uh, uh, Oscar's tag team partner. I think she busted her head open in one of the tapings or whatever because Nia Jax don't know how to wrestle. I'm sorry. She's a big girl, whatever, but she, she could wrestle, but she doesn't protect her opponents, and that's a problem. You know, she has become the Seth Rollins of the women's division. I mean, you see what she did to Becky Lynch a couple of years ago. She punched her in the face and broke her nose. So I got to show you. But um, but Nia Jackson, me is the legitimate heel who should be going after the the title, which I'm not. I don't have a problem with. Um, but we'll talk about that when the match about the match. Apollo Cruz ended up winning the United States title. It's about time. The guy's been there for four years, five years, whatever. Uh, and um, him winning the match um, was great. I mean, he showed what he has. He should have won the belt weeks ago, but he got hurt, supposedly, legitimately. He got hurt. So um, they took him out of the money in the bank. So pretty much they were not. They didn't want him in the, um, I believe, in the title picture where he, um, you know, could win the belt. So, you know, they're not going to push a guy like that for the Universal or the SmackDown title, the Universal World title, whatever it is, and SmackDown. So... But that was good. The only negative part about this whole th match during the night was the fact that they were interviewing Hector Garza while his match, while Apollo Crew was having his match with Andrade's, which is kind of stupid because to me it's like, okay, what are you doing? You're messing up this match. Great match. Andrade's giving 100% like he always does. Apollo Crew, for what I know his talent is all about. Then you're going to put Hector Garza or Angel Garza, whatever his freaking name is. I think it's Angel Garza, whatever his name is. Um, for interview, really, for the then the interview be all drooling and smiling because she's all Google Gaga over this guy. It was just nonsense. Then we have the Seth Rollins. Now he has also theory uh, as is one of his disciples, and now they're teaming up with Buddy Murphy. There's word out there they say that he may he may uh, be uh, Buddy Murphy may get betrayed. But then if, you, if Buddy Murphy gets betrayed, why the hell? Then what's going to happen with the uh, Monday Night Messiah and his disciples? Uh, I think Elson Theory fits very well there. I mean, I, I wasn't too happy with him with uh, Selena Vega uh, because that fact is all Latino and Hispanic that he didn't fit in. And it's not it's not a racist comment. It's the truth. He's the only non-Spanish dude you're going to have him in there. It made no sense. It made no sense. Uh, they also show something with the Iconics, which I really don't care. Iconics look like they're going to break up, but then they look like they're going to get another title shot against uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the women's tag team titles, which doesn't give a rat's ass because the women's division tag team, just like the men's tag team, they don't give a rat's ass about it. And they've just, just in there just to, uh, I say, you know, to take off space of time. So, uh, Bobby Lashley, all of a sudden, I it's funny because a couple of weeks, uh, beginning of the year, Bobby Lashley was in the worst storylines they were. It was cringing. I remember a, a day before New Year's Eve where they hit that Lana, Bobby Lashley marriage. It was cringing. So let me, five months later, he's the number one contender for Drew McIntyre's title. Uh, this is not nothing new to me. I've seen these guys wrestle back in TNA and Impact 2013, 2014 for the TNA belt. So this is not nothing new. 
I mean, the both guys are big. Both guys are brawlers, which is pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens after that. But as far as MVP as the manager of Bobby Lashley, what happens to Lana now? Lana pretty much stood behind, signed a five, I believe it's a five-year deal with WWE while her husband left. It doesn't make no sense to me, and I won't be surprised she'll be taking out TV soon. She'll be back in catering with Titus O'Neil, you know, t- tasting his, you know, mashed potatoes and whatever he got back there going on. So, again, um, Angel Garza uh, and Kevin Owens wrestle. That kind of like how you call it surprised me. Uh, he beat he up. It was like to me, it was an upset. He beat Kevin Owens, and and it looks like they're pushing Angel Garza. And his, I guess, his good looks, whatever, uh, he's being pushed. So I won't be surprised if he wins the TV, the TV belt. He's the next guy who will beat Apollo Crew for that title. And Lisa Andrade is dry. Um, I, I don't know what they do. The tag team division. And if you hear my voice, and I just had to like, uh, even talk about it. WWE tag team division is in shambles. It's garbage. When you got the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders making a mockery out of the tag division, it is very sad. Why just just break up the teams and put them in singles matches? Because Street Profits has been the champion for God knows how long, and yet they 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 playing they they playing golf, they playing basketball, they do God knows how other stupid stuff. They do not. I think next week they're going to do bowling, and the Viking Raiders was supposed to fight the the Street Profits for the tag team belts. I think couple of months ago whatever and they're playing around like and this is why the tag division is garbage and this is why aew has the best tag team division at all of wrestling and anybody wants to argue with me about that go right ahead because i know what i'm talking about um the the fact that they every tag team and something mentioned this to me uh the guys from the turnbuckle tabloids um the mook on that podcast mentioned it and which I never didn't I never realized it till he mentioned is that every tag team in WWE has a gimmick has a gimmick which is very sad um and, and you know what else is to do so the tag team division is a shampoo I don't care for the tag team division right now I don't even know who's a raw uh, on new days as the tag team champions in that other brand but it's just sad it's very very sad to look at it then we had Humberto Carrillo again being pushed as a baby face. But if the fans were out there, they wouldn't care about this guy. Why is WWE still continuing to push this guy, Humberto Carrillo? He's always losing. He's supposed to be fighting for the honor of Rey Mysterio. And he got jumped by the Rollins and his, and his disciples when they did a tag team match with uh, Theory and Murphy against uh, Alistair Black and Carrillo, and they pretty much roughhoused Carrillo, and they were about to do the same thing they did to Mysterio a couple of weeks ago with the eye. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll be right back after this. And we're back. So, we're going to head up to the promo that Edge did, and I really didn't really pay attention to this promo. I don't care. I don't know why they're even doing this match between him and Randy Orton all over again after 36 minutes of boring wrestling in WrestleMania. They pushed the envelope, but it was just constantly a big stupid fight in the back, which didn't make no sense. And now they go supposedly they are promoting this match, the greatest match ever in WWE history. Are you freaking serious? The greatest match ever? 
are you kidding me? And this is why WWE doesn't I don't doesn't get the praises from me. They might get the praises of all the other people who love WWE, but this is not the greatest match. Come on, stop insulting people's intelligence with such stupidity, st- such promotion to promote a match, the greatest match ever. Come on, these guys wrestle uh, no hose bar pimp, whatever it was. Uh Last man standing, whatever it was they had in WrestleMania, and now they're gonna have the greatest match ever. <sighs> I can't. I don't care for this match to be honest. Uh, then we had, like I said, the Charlotte, Natalie, and Nia Jax. It was a pretty good match, but Charlotte again doing her moonsault. Her moonsault is horrible, horrible, and it's because first of all she's too tall. She's a tall woman for a Roman wrestler. And she doesn't place her opponents in the right spot. So when she lands, she her whole uh, upper body uh, hits the opponent, but her legs crash against the damn ring, wrestling ring. And it looks one of these days she's gonna hurt herself. She needs to get that out of the uh, out of her uh, arsenal. You know, she, the match was good between her, Natalie, and. Um, and Nia Jax. Of course, Nia Jax ends up winning the match. Uh, there was a one spot between Charlotte and Natalia. They grabbed Nia Jax and powerbombed her through a table. That was a nice little spot. But, again, why was Charlotte in this match to begin with? She's the NXT champion. Why is she in there? I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Why they keep putting her every week in these spots. You know, um... They need to, um, honestly, they need to um, not have her on the show, to be honest. They shouldn't have her on the show. And now we're going to go to the SmackDown. First of all, as far as SmackDown is concerned, the beginning was distasteful, very distasteful. So WWE again on Friday decided to do something similar to did back in 1999 or 2000, whatever it was, where Royal Hawk who was battling drug addictions, alcoholism, and they used that, his real-life drama, and they used it in the storyline to break up the Raw Warriors. Here we are almost 21 years later, and it's back to the same crap. This time, they had Jeff Hardy doing a a scene where, according to the storyline, Jeff Hardy was uh, drunk, hit crashed his car. If you saw lies on the floor being picked up, his car got hit. Very distasteful. But they, if people could say whatever, oh, here's the best part. Oh, Jeff has if if Jeff wasn't okay with the storyline, they wouldn't have done it. Bull crap. In case you guys have not been listening to all these wrestlers that have left WWE, there is no creative freedom in WWE. Everything goes through McMahon. A writer writes the story, they go to McMahon, McMahon either thumbs up or thumbs down. And I'm sure that whoever wrote that story, when they brought it to McMahon, oh, this is some good shit. And this, this the reason they're doing this is because they're punishing Jeff Hardy because his brother left, and now he's in AEW. Now, mind you, that uh, Matt Hardy's doing all his different gimmicks in AEW, which I don't know why the fuck are they doing that, to be honest with you. He should just stick with the broken gimmick, and that's it. And I will be bringing that when I get to my AEW um, note later on. Um, but that's what they're doing. 
They're doing it because his brother left. And Jeff still has this contract. I don't know when he ends because I'm sure they put in more time for it while he was out. He ain't leaving no time till next year. So, oh, good luck, Jeff, because you'll be there for a while. But it was very distasteful. AJ Styles, of course, uh, is back in SmackDown. He should have never left. He takes a free ride to the finals. Uh, there was a battle royal that uh, was um, was was put on Friday night, where the winner of that was Sheamus. But very, very, um, you know, you know, the the one thing I, I noticed is that. I believe Jay Uso, which I said a couple of months ago, or uh, about not even a couple of a month ago, when his brother Jimmy got hurt and he was going to be out by nine to a year with knee injury, that Jay would have been fitting perfectly. He would have Naomi as his manager, and he could make a run as a singles. And he showed it on Friday. He showed it. Him and Shami were the last two guys for the Battle Royal. The winner of that is to fight Daniel Bryan, and the winner of that would have went to the finals against AJ Styles. Even though Jay Uso uh, did not win, uh, uh, he got eliminated from the Battle Royal, but he did well. He did very well, you know? And another question I have, Nakamura. What has happened with Nakamura? This guy, Shinsuke Nakamura, was one of the best shoe-fighting wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling, okay, multiple time intercontinental uh, IWGP champion, IWGP champion himself, world champion. And he comes to the States. He goes to NXT. He wins the NXT title, I think, a couple of times. He comes to the WWE, and they have not done nothing with him. They came on the Intercontinental belt. He didn't really do anything with that. He didn't put no prestige on that. And now he's in, he's a, he's a, what to say that? He's a, a, a stooge for Cesaro, him and Cesaro. Cesaro's another one, which I, I I don't know what the hell WWE, but they've been shit on Cesaro for many years. This guy should have been intercontinental champion. He should have been world champion probably more than once. I don't know what they're doing. And when I see this Nakamura and Cesaro, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, and, the, I, and the intercontinental belt now, that new intercontinental belt looks horrible. It looks horrible. I'm used to the old school intercontinental, the black, nice shining gold in the front. That goes to show you, uh, you know, new new look is not always better. Remember that, you know, new is not always better. So, uh, they had then they had Lacey Evans, which I don't care about. Um, she's overrated, and she should not be on TV every week. She fought uh, Sonya Deville on the underhand. So Deville should have been champion a long time ago too. She would have should have been champion a long, long time ago, and they still haven't pushed up. But on the other hand. You know, the, the, the match ended up uh, double count out, uh, that which I thought was the right result. Um, DeVille might have gotten hurt when um, uh, the Lacey Evans threw her against the edge of the ring. Um, luckily, I don't know, she, she looked like she got hurt, but I guess not. Then they had a promo with the Forgotten Sons, which I feel they are the Forgotten Tag Team. They're going to get buried there. The tag, tag Team divisions are a joke, woman and men. Then they had uh, Alexa Bliss and... Um, what's the name? Next event, Nikki Cross and New Day just talking nonsense. Bailey and Sasha came out, which is they are my favorite tag team. Um, but before I say that, New Day still with this damn pancake crap, it's it's pathetic. Why you still got the pancake thing going on? Why you're saying again, like Mook from Turnbuckle Tabloid said, all the tag teams 
have some funny gimmick. And I mean, I'm not into that. I'm not into that funny gimmick. Bring me good tag teams like AEW has. No funny gimmicks. Yeah, you have best friend. They might do some funny gimmick, but not all the time. So, um, so at the end, you know, um, Bailey and Sasha, like I said, they're my favorite tag team. Sasha ended up going up uh, against um, Alexa Bliss. But I see Sasha and Bailey feuding. I cannot wait till that happens. They had some great matches a couple of a couple of years ago. And um, so we will see. We will see. Um, also, um, Sasha called um, <laughs> Sasha called Alexa Charlotte Jr., which killed me, and I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't start laughing on that one. Um, then we have Kurt Angle, which I don't know what is he doing there, but Kurt Angle went and kind of promoted Matt Riddle, who's going to be in SmackDown now. We'll see if he's going to get punished even more uh, because he keeps talking. He don't know when to stop talking. That guy, I can't stand Matt Riddle. As, as a guy behind the Twitter, he could wrestle. I give him that. He got good wrestling skill, but he don't know when to shut up. He's another Seth Rollins who don't know when to shut up, trying to be a company man. And you're getting punished every time you open your mouth. So Kurt Angle uh, was promoting him for, next, uh, I think, next week. And I said, why is Kurt Angle? I thought Kurt Angle got fired. Why is he back? This is what I call some of these legends that become WWE Shield, and they have to go back. Because they need the money, and I will bring that up in a few minutes. But we'll see what happens. Um, also, they did a, a, a um, promo with Strowman versus Miz and Morrison for Backlash. Why? Why you didn't guys follow up with the Bray Wyatt and turning him into the Fiend to go after this title? Unless the Fiend pops out now in Backlash and puts out um, Ron Strowman, and that. <laughs> Pretty much, it looked like Daniel Bryan won't beat um, Sheamus, and him and AJ are in the finals for the Intercontinental title at Backlash. And that match, I cannot wait because AJ and Daniel Bryan, those two goals at it is a good match. They had great matches where AJ was the world champion and Daniel Bryan beat him. They had like two or three matches, which was good. I mean, they, come on, these are guys, my favorite Ring of Honor alumni, and these guys could wrestle and still bring it. We'll be right back after this. And we're back, guys. Uh, we're going to go with the wrestling news and rumors going on. Let's talk about what happened Friday. And CM Punk was on Twitter making fun of the Jeff Hardy DUI arrest angle. He said that it was hilarious. He credited the cop who did the acting on the arrest of Jeff Hardy. He said that guys, uh, indie wrestling from the area, uh, many people were just complaining about everything about this Um uh, well, complaining, I complain about this, this tasteful about the angle itself, but people were complaining about, sort of complaining about how distasteful this angle is. People were complaining about the cop car. Why does the cop car say Metro if they're in Orlando? Who cares? Why, what would you give a rat's ass about that instead of giving a rat's ass of what they're doing to Jeff Hardy and punishing him because his brother's not AEW, you know what I'm saying? So, and again, I'm gonna bring up what his brother. AEW situation that I don't like in AEW. So it's just ridiculous. Um, but CM Punk made, was making fun of that about how good the actor, the cop was, who's an indie wrestler. I don't remember his name, so don't ask me. Um, Kerr Hawkins supposedly called out Mance Warner 
And Mass Warner is an MLW competitor. If you guys don't know him, he had very bloody matches with Jimmy Havoc in MLW. Crazy matches. So Kerr Hawkins calling him out. So it looks, I think Kerr Hawkins now is going to call himself, if I'm correct, Brian Myers now. So he, he fits right in MLW. He fits right in there. Very good there. So Chris DeJoseph, a writer for WWE SmackDown, who was known as Big Dick Johnson. And if you guys don't remember who that is, Big Dick Johnson was the only guy that used to come out when uh, DX used to come out in day matches. And he used to oil himself all over and dance with little tiny whatever, bikini whatever. Well, he got released by WWE. This is not the first time that he has been gone. The first time he, I guess he left and went to MLW and then left the MLW in December to join WWE. He got a promotion, I think, last month, and he got let go already. So, and they say it wasn't part of the CV cutbacks. It's just they cut him. So, I guess he became paid too much. As you know, the Intercontinental Champion Tournament Finals, like I said earlier, is already set up. Um, so, that you're going to see AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. That match should be great. Um, you know, again, Matt Riddle got introduced by... Uh, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, yes, Mick Foley deactivates Twitter, and I'm saying to myself, I wonder why. Well, Mr. Mick, Mick Foley was involved in a situation that was happening over the week with a podcaster, a local podcaster here in New York, which I will not mention his name. This podcaster made a video about a year ago, and this podcaster is well known in the international wrestling community. And he said something he wasn't supposed to do. But, you know, in the the internet wrestling community, you have a lot of haters. You you make a lot of enemies. And I guess this person decided to do a bogus Twitter account, grab that feed from that video, and send it to Alexa Bliss. And all hell broke loose on Monday, all the way to Wednesday. The guy had death threats. They even... Harass his parents. I don't know how they did that. But there was several WWE wrestlers who went after this podcaster. Alexa Bliss was one of them who went and shouted him out. Then you have Braun Strowman. Which I don't know why Braun Strowman was even saying anything. When this guy's the first guy who's talking crap about indie wrestlers when they said that the indie wrestlers needed support from the fans. So he wanted to put his two cents in, make it look like he's. He saved all his money. Of course, you in WWE, you got the money. But he was bullying independent wrestlers in March, and here he is bullying a podcast on Twitter. So did the Big Show. So did Mick Foley. Mick Foley sent a DM directly to this podcaster saying that what he said was stupid. Now, I do agree with some of the comments that people say, and I do agree that this podcaster should not have said what he said. Um. And then again, been one year, and why would somebody bring that up? But again, the internet wrestling community has a cesspools of trolls, and you sometimes got to be careful what you say, because it's a lot of things you say on the internet, it'll come back and bite you in your ass. Trust me. So so I guess Mick Foley got a lot, a lot of uh, DMs from other fans who probably heard him sending this podcaster a message, and he deactivated his Twitter. So I try not to get into this back and forth with uh, 
with fans because all that brings is drama, whatever. They're entitled to their opinions. Some of them I don't really agree with. But this thing about, you know, DMing the, the podcaster, threatening his life, threatening his parents, threatening him, is ridiculous. But anyway, let's move on. Ric Flair, after months getting into battle with WWE over the, the man gimmick, he finally, uh, his trademark got sold to WWE. And it's all about money, guys. Because Ric Flair, this guy still lives a lavish lifestyle. He still thinks he's a wrestler. He really thinks he's rich. And when you sold your trademark, God knows how much money. I'm sure it was in the millions, hopefully. He's broke. The guy's broke. And then second of all, he's still on the WWE banner. And he's one of those guys probably behind the scene, like he used to do back in the days, playing politics with his daughter. You know? And... It's crazy. I, I just don't don't get it. Um, but um, and speaking of his daughter, I know a certain Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark Henry, who's in the in the uh, busted busted radio with Bully Ray, claimed that Charlotte Flair is the Iron Man of pro wrestling. I, I, I can with this WWE shields guys who push. Listen. I, 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 for one, I, I don't know how to say it. I, for one, I'm all for all professional wrestling. But when you got guys like Mark Henry, who is there to protect Buster Radio and for them to get WWE personality to go to their shows, they never talk bad about WWE wrestlers. First of all, Charlotte is no Iron Woman. Charlotte's 10 reign as a champion has not been memorable. None of them has not been memorable. The woman has had the belt and she loses the belt. But then again, in the WWE world, titles don't matter anymore. They have no prestige. They have no, they don't have nothing. So you could have 10 reigns. That's fine. You're the 10 times world champion, 9 times world champion, whatever you want to call yourself. But the championship don't mean anything. Look what they've done to the United States title. Look what they've done to the Intercontinental title. The title was mean, meaningless until they took the belt away from Sami Zayn, and now it's prestige, uh, the lineage. Come on, man, stop. And Charlotte Flair should not be in no Raw. should not be in SmackDown. She should be in NXT, where she belongs at. You know what I'm saying? Where she belongs at. But because Becky Lynch now is no longer the Raw's woman champion, you got to bring in one of the horsewomen in there. That's what it is. This is all... It's, it's horrible. It's just nonsense. Now, AEW, and like I said earlier about AEW, they, the red flag went up this week, the Mike Tyson thing. Tyson and Jericho. You remember Tyson and Austin? Tyson and Austin by Jim Ross? Well, we're having Tyson and Jericho. And that went up the red flag when I saw that this week. And they brought, I was, oh, God. The flags went up. And the only thing I could think of of this is they were reenacting something that happened in 1999 with Austin and Tyson. But now they're bringing in a storyline from 10 years ago when Jericho used to be in WWE and Tyson turned on him and knocked him out supposedly in an angle where DX was involved. You know what I'm saying? And you should have known that. I mean, I, I remember watching that. But now you're going to have Tyson in there. And you could tell Tyson don't have no clue what he's doing in there. He don't know how to act. And my, my fear is that this man might snap and bite 
Jericho's ear off, you know, or do something crazy, something out of, you know, out of pocket, you know, um, that was a red flag. And the funny thing, the guy from Jersey Shore, the boyfriend of Wow or the ex-boyfriend of Wow was there holding Jericho. You had some guy with Tyson entourage with purple paint in his eye. Looked like he was drunk as shit. Um, it, it's, it's just sad. It just, it was just sad. That part was sad. But before I leave, the AEW, the latest AEW news that I found today was a wrestler who supposedly had a match for AEW Dark. A wrestler called, let me see again, Clash Adams? Clutch Adams. Clutch Adams was supposed to have a match with Sean Spears this week. Well, he's not having it now. That match got pulled because somebody, and again, Twitter community, found tweets from this guy using homophobic and hateful uh, tweets in Twitter from five or seven years ago. It came back to bite him in the ass, just like what happened to somebody this week. It came, this one came back to bite him in the ass, and the tweet that was pretty much um, was put was back in 2013. He said some homophobic uh, remarks to Tony about Tony Romo, uh, but the person who put this tweet and sent it to Cody said, is this the kind of guy you're going to promote? Thought you guys were about inclusivity. And Cody re- responded, his match has been removed. This guy lost his job. If he did sign with AEW, he didn't sign. He will not be promoted by anybody unless he goes to some some rick and dink promotion somewhere in the way they allow that shit. It's bad enough that we're right now in chaos in America where you got guys who... Um, uh, doing stuff, and I don't want to get po- politics in this involved, whatever, but it is sad what is going on in America right now. We got a CV going on. We got riots, protests, all that stuff, and people just don't understand that anything you said in the past will come bite you in your ass. So and right now, this wrestler, Clutch Adams, well, you didn't put the clutch back too far because you got caught, and now you have to pay that price for it, which is very sad. Um, and I don't know, but it is what it is. And now you got to pay for it. So, um, so that is it guys. This is the one year anniversary. Yes. The one year anniversary of the Chokeslam wrestling report a year ago today. I started this podcast in YouTube. It was called the ultimate one wrestling news, which is still my Facebook group and, um, the Facebook. Um, but I went and changed it and I want to thank my friend. Uh, Oral Ori, who used to work, who used to work with me uh, last year, who came up with that name, and um, Mr. Lapierre himself was the one who gave me the idea to change the name to what it is today. I have had so many fun, so much fun in doing this for you guys. I've been, um, you know, communicating with some of the fans. My podcast has reached Europe. Germany, Australia, United Kingdom, Pakistan, India, uh, Australia, Portugal, and the United States, forget it, it's ridiculous. Um, and I want to thank all my supporters who have been listening to me for the past year. And I am grateful and appreciative of everything you guys have shown me love. 
during this year. Also, I want to give love to the Turpoco Tableau. You guys, I don't know how much more I can say about you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, you guys were the first ones who actually gave me an interview back, back in November, I think it was, and, and you put me out there. And I appreciate you guys always supporting me, same way I support you guys. I want to give love to my boy Vernick and the R32 store uh, that I always promote here when I get a chance. Again, www.r32.store. So all you uh, independent wrestlers who may need a shirt and want to sell it, whatever you need a design, this is my, my man is the one who does it. He does it pretty good if you want to check him out. Um, again, much love to everybody. I want to give thanks to everybody who supported me through this. Again, guys, you can check out my this podcast through Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Plus, Google Podcasts, any podcast, listen, any podcast you guys listen to. And it's, it's the platform is out there. My, my, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report is out there. Again, thank you. One year already, 365 days. And I want to thank Dominic Dinero for coming through uh, this week. Also, I want to give thanks to the other wrestler who came in a couple of weeks ago, my, my man Hank Flanagan. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that put interview. Um, I want to give thanks to uh, JM and the JM Report who came through my show. David David C. Russell and his Death, uh, death Match podcast who also came through. Um, and hopefully I have more plans and more guests for the next year and more to come. For that, guys, I'll see you on Thursday with the AEW review. Dynamite review, and we'll see what happens with this Mike Tyson stuff. Uh, I don't even want to think about it right now. But thank you, and for this special show, my one-year anniversary of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Have a good day. Enjoy your afternoon.